You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. The title of my message today is, What's Your Story? What's Your Story? And I've been praying about this for a while. Actually, I think um, God wants to do something today. Um, I'm going to read the passage that we're going to refer back to a few times. The pra- you, you know it's a good day in church when you start in Revelation. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> it's Revelation 12:11. Revelation 12:11, And it says, They conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Let's pray. God, we're so grateful that we get to be here this morning. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for the price you paid. Thank you for giving us life and life more abundantly. Thank you that we have been set free because of what you have done for us. I ask this morning, Jesus, that you would speak to the hearts. Do what you want to do this morning. Have your way. Let them hear what they need to hear, God. I pray, Father, that your sweet, sweet spirit would whisper into each ear this morning what they need to hear, what they need, Father, for their lives to accomplish what you're calling them to do. God, I pray that out of this place, Father, out of this message, there would be peace. I pray, Father, that out of this message, there would be boldness. And I pray, Father, that out of this message, there would be purpose. God, I pray that in each person here, Father, you would rise up a certain boldness to seek, God, what it is that you have for them and set out to do what you're calling them to do, God. I pray, Father, that the people that need the ones that are in here, the people that are out there that still need to hear your voice, that the people in here would rise and there would be an overflow, God, of your presence, of your spirit wherever they go. And that, Father, without even saying anything, people would be drawn to them. And without saying anything, Father, they would know that there's something there and that they would seek the answer and that we would know to say, it is Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. We love you. We love you, and our lives are yours. Have your way. Amen. Amen. Well, have you ever met someone and immediately thought that that encounter was no coincidence? Like you start up a conversation with them, and it's like, this is no regular conversation. Like, Something just happened here. It's like not regular chit-chat. It was almost divine. You're like, how does this person know? Right? You have, you ever, or have you ever read a blog? Maybe you're reading a blog and you go, like, they know even what I'm feeling. Like, how is this possible? Like, or you're reading a book and you go, I mean, this is my life. Are they, is there a camera here somewhere? Like, how do they know? Well, I've had one of those this week. So, as a mom... You know, it's a, it's a bit hectic in the house. It's a bit crazy. And I have three kids, and I was feeling a little overwhelmed, like it was just too much. And so I go online, and I'm looking through posts, you know, and I find this mom who is a mother of three as well. And she writes, I have to kind of quote because it was really funny. She writes, um, I haven't washed my hair, worn makeup or deodorant, um, or brushed my kids' teeth in four days. <laughs> Some of you are going, ugh. Well, to me, it was like a breath of fresh air. I went, I'm not alone. Okay, it's okay. It's okay that I missed a couple of teeth brushing sessions, just a couple. It's okay that I haven't washed my hair in three days. It's okay that I don't have makeup and I don't know where my makeup even is. It's okay. 
right? I felt like this sense of relief inside. Like I wasn't the only person, the only mom in the world that had this. See, I think that one of the greatest lies the enemy tells us is that we're alone. I think that what he tries to do is isolate us. And no one else is going through what you're going through. No one else understands. I mean, don't even bother telling anyone because no one will get it. I mean, you are bad, and that's it. Like, it's your fault. You're the one doing your own. Nobody's going to get it. Stay on your own. Stay quiet. Put your head down, and that's it. And I really believe that's a crazy lie because the truth is we are all in this together. And we're in this crazy, exciting, terrifying, awesome adventure of life. But we're all in the roller coaster together. And we all have our ups and we all have our downs. And see, this passage to me, we're going to put it back up again because I'm going to refer to it a few times. Revelations 12, 11, right? And they conquered him, him being the lies, being the enemy, the things that come at you that are not of God. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. I mean, do you see it? See, the blood of the lamb refers to Jesus, right? Jesus has paid the price. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He sacrificed his life. He carried our sin. He went onto the cross, took all of it that was in us that, that, that was no good. So all the shame, all the guilt, all the sins, he removed all of it. So that was Jesus' part, right? He took care of what we couldn't take care of. But then comes the second part. The second part is us. It says, by the word of our testimony. Now, what's your testimony? Our story. You know, what happens to us? What, what we've been gone through. Our personal, everyday journey. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor. Do me a favor and turn to your neighbor and say, what's your story? What's your story? See, I know too many people who hide their stories. I know people who hide themselves because they feel shame and they feel guilt and they think that no one would understand. But what's worse is they think that if they share it, they won't be regarded the same. For somehow, some way, they will be disqualified. Now, you know, nothing will be the same and they're afraid that if they tell their stories, people are going to look at them differently. But I want to tell you something this morning, that our stories have meaning. See, they give purpose to our lives. Our stories actually carry power. They conquered him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There's power there. And see, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard someone say, don't worry, sister, God can use it. Don't worry, friend. God can, God can take care of it. Like, God is going to use it for your good. You've heard that sentence before. God's going to use it for your good. And some of you may be thinking, what? How can, what does that even mean? I mean, how can God redeem a death of a child? How can God use for the good the abuse that, that I suffered? How can God use for good the end of my marriage like what is that what does that even mean like I feel like a lot of people are stuck in that part because here's the problem people believe that redemption is restitution and those are not the same thing see restitution is the restoration of something lost or stolen to its proper owner now let's be honest if you lost your child there's no restitution if you lost a loved one in any father, mother, sibling, whatever, there's no restitution for that. You can't get that person back. There's no coming back, and that's it, 
right? If you've suffered abuse, there's no restitution for the time, the innocence that was stolen, the everything that the pain, the years of pain that the person has, has, gone, has gone through. There's no restitution for that. But what there is, is redemption. Redemption is freedom. Redemption, and I believe, is when God walks into our hearts and begins to do a cleanup and begins to open up the wound, clean it, take care of it, heal it. Then he begins to restore you, and then he gets you to go, okay, now go help someone else. That's redemption. See, there is, I mean, our ability to share our stories and to be free of that shame, to find freedom of that, in that shame is when we're all willing to open up our hearts and share that story. But what's more even about sharing our stories, it's the empowering factor. It empowers us. It empowers us to look at someone and say, me too. I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing as sweet as when you're going through something and somebody looks at you and says, me too. Like, I get it. I've been there. I've, I, I, I know what you're feeling. There's nothing as sweet because the reality is you don't want somebody to try to fix it for you. Some things there are no fixing, right? You just want somebody to understand. See, Viktor Frankl, it's, he's an Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist as well as a Holocaust survivor. So I would say this man knows what he's talking about, okay? He wrote in Man's Search for Meaning that man is even ready to suffer on the condition to be sure that his suffering has meaning. He explains that when suffering is inevitable, unavoidable, what we want is to find meaning in it. We want to know what's the reason and why am I going through it, right? I mean, if I can't explain it, if I can't avoid it, I need to know why. I, need to, I mean, I need, I'm looking for, for a reason here. And the reality is that oftentimes we won't get the why. We won't get the explanation. We won't get the reason why we went through it. But what we will get is the opportunity to help someone else, right? If we allow God in and to clean the wound and, and take away the pain, we will get the opportunity for redemption, which is to help someone else through it. See, I've seen this firsthand, and I think a lot of the people we admire, we've seen it in their lives because they have this sense of passion in their eyes for what they're doing. Usually when people have gone through things, they, when they engage in that area of their lives, you see passion in their eyes. And I've seen this in the life of our friend David Hall. See, David lost his daughter, Jamelin, um, in a car accident when she was 26 years old. And there is no restitution for David. Like I said, I mean, you can't get her back. And no one could take Jamie's place. But God has been present from the beginning. And I had a com we had a conversation with him when we went to Houston the last time. And he told us how God has been so present and how God has begun the work of redemption in his life. How he and Jamelin worked at the same church when she passed. And so obviously after her passing, he decided to take a six-month sabbatical and take a break because he couldn't really be in that environment, you know. And so after his six months, he decided he was going to take a new job. And he takes on this new job. And the first day on the job, he has a couple of meetings lined up. And he sits in front of this man who he's supposed to be presenting to. Um, it's a, an insurance, it's a, a business thing that he's supposed to be presenting. And he looks at this man, and this man is not there. Like, he is not, 
like he is not there, you know. He's just blank face, just not well. And so he's waiting, and the man looks at him and says, you know, I don't know why I'm here. My son just passed away from a car accident three weeks ago. At that point, David says with tears in his eyes, I put away my stuff. I looked at him and said, me too. My daughter passed away in a car accident six months ago. And so they were able to spend that time praying together, telling stories, and just crying. You know, and I thought that was so powerful because let's, I mean, let's be real. He's never going to get Jamie back. But he tells me, he would, he's looking at us and telling us, like, that meant everything to me. That I was, it felt like I had meaning again. It was like God came down from heaven and gave me a hug and said, I'm not done with you. You know, I'm not done with you. And ever since then, he has, I mean, I spoke to him this week. And ever since then, he has story upon story upon story of where God shows up and goes, okay, I'm going to put you with another person who is brokenhearted that you can tell them there is hope. You know, I, I know it's painful. It doesn't make it okay. It's never going to be okay. I mean, the reality is this. Whatever you have been through, the pain that you have suffered is not okay. It's not going to be okay. You know, sharing your story is not about making it okay. It is about going, you know what? There's got to be more. <laughs> you know, it's about allowing God to redeem the things that are broken inside us. And we, he's not the only one. He's not the only one we've seen this in. I mean, we see it. Um, most of you have maybe heard of Christine Kane, who um, has, has uh, created an organization called A21, which helps women from human trafficking. And she tells, I mean, she goes around in conferences and she speaks everywhere. And she says how she suffered abuse at the hand of four men for years. I mean, years. You know, and she goes how, and when she allowed God to come into her heart and clean it up and restore her and just take away the pain. See, she's not going to forget what happened, but it's cleaning up the pain. It's taking away what was, what was so um, paralyzing. Right? What is paralyzing? And so he comes in and he restores your heart and he kills the pain. And she goes out and tells women, you're going to make it. Right? Even if you've been through this, which I have been through, and I know it's painful. I know it's horrible. You're still going to make it because there is a Savior. And he is there for you. And he will redeem you. There is redemption. See, she developed this organization. And she could look in the eye of these women who are being rescued and say, me too. Me too. I know the feeling. Taking what has been your darkest hour and bringing it to light. This is what Jesus tells us. I mean, John writes in uh, John 1.15, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. This is the power of Jesus, that the light of Jesus can shine to the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. See, his light is so great, it can redeem your darkest hour. Yes. I'll say that again. His light is so great, it can redeem your darkest hour. See, I know for myself that what brings me passion is, is my story as well. See, when I was a teenager, I went to church. And I went to a church who excluded me. And I went to a church where um, a few people kind of... Um, I'm going to say it nicely, <laughs> misinterpreted me. And I felt, I was a teenager, right? So you're young. You kind of don't really, you're trying to figure it out. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. I don't want to come here anymore. I don't want to feel like I don't belong. I don't want to do it. And so I left the church. 
I was 16 years old, and I left the church, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing, and I'm going to figure this out on my own. And I tell you what, that was painful. I made After that, I made a series of bad decisions until I finally get, went, wait a minute. Like, it's not about anything, but it's about me and God. And I figured it out again and came back into the church. And, you know, but that fuels my passion because I look at people who said, I've been to church, but I didn't feel like I belong. And I look at them and I say, I know, me too. I have been there. I know what it's been like to be in a place that maybe you didn't feel like you belong. But you know what? You do. You do. You belong to God. You belong to the Heavenly Father. And he has a plan for you. But I know the feeling. And we don't disregard the feeling. We're just able to reach in and say, I know it hurts, but there's more. Don't stay there. Don't stay there. There's more. See, today, you may be carrying your story, right? And you still may be in the part of pain. You still may be in the place where it's still too painful to be able to share. And my invitation to you this morning is walk into the light, Walk into the light of Jesus who can come into your heart and bind up the wounds, right? Who can come in and take care of what is painful. Who can come in and take care of your heart. Who can help you find freedom. So that's the first step. The first step is you come into Jesus. He is close. He is near. And the, the truth is if you're seeking for answers, you may never get it. You may never get the answers, and I want to tell you, it's okay. It's okay. Come into the presence of God, to the one who can heal your heart, who can restore your soul, and then allow him to guide you to help someone else. That's the redemption factor. Now, you may be, you may be here and be like, wait a minute, I don't have all that going on. <laughs> like, you're talking about some heavy stuff that happened in people's lives, and my life hasn't been that heavy. And that's okay, too, but you still have a story. Because the reality is if you tried for a job and you were rejected, you have a story. If you come from a broken family where, you know, your parents were divorced and you didn't know, you have a story. If you, you know, applied for a college and they denied you, you have a story. If you had this relationship which went bad and then all of a sudden you figured it out, that's a story, sister. That's a story. Whatever it is that you have walked through, it's a story. And my question to you this morning is what is your story? And will you allow God to use you and to, and so that not only for the people that are coming ahead of you, but for what he, the redemption factor in your life. See, the thing that struck, to, struck me about David Hull is that a few days after um, she had passed, he went into this church service um, of the church that he's currently in. And he walked in and he felt God say, I'm giving you new sons and daughters. And he stood there, right? And he was like, oh, obviously, you know, tears in his eyes going, I, these, I've done my, I mean, my, my kids are grown. I don't, you know, I'm done. Like, I just lost it. I'm done. And God looked at him and said, oh, you're not done. You're not done. I'm giving you new sons and daughters. And this is the power of the gospel, guys. Yes, that we have been saved. And yes, that we will go to heaven. And yes, that we have eternal life. But yes, to here too. Yes, to redemption now. Yes, to God restoring our lives now. Yes, to allowing, you know, our lives to be used to restore someone else. There is no greater feeling than knowing that you have been a vehicle in someone else's life. That you have been like, you know what? Let me walk this out with you. Let me carry this out with you. And that's our invitation today to you. I mean, my message is really brief. We're going to end in a few minutes. But my invitation is this. 
you, will, you may never get restitution for what has been done to you. But my question is, will you allow God to bring redemption? Amen? I'm going to ask you guys to stand.